Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So there was some news that came out of Georgia Spring practice again yesterday. You can read about this at DogNation.com. Mikael Williams, outstanding defensive player, and I think one of those, you know, on every team like Georgia, if you want to be a team like Georgia, you've got to have those superstar-level players. Uh, I think that Mikael Williams was probably on his way. I shouldn't say past tense. Is on his way to being one of those guys. Uh, A little bit of a setback, though, when it comes to the spring practice situation with him. Foot injury going to derail him for a little while here. And I'll say about this, the same thing we said about the, you know, Kendall Milton injury the other day, that there's a big difference between, like, say, spring practice and summer practice, the kind of fall camp that leads to the start of the season. That's an obligation. you got to know who your best players are as a way of getting ready to play. Uh, spring practice is a little bit more of an opportunity it's an opportunity for Mikel to take the next step with his career but him stepping away for right now because of a foot injury only creates uh opportunity for somebody else to sort of show what they're all about we'll talk more about that here uh in just a moment so we're gonna try to kind of turn the temperature down on the conversation about the Milton injury even though he's had a series of those and the Mikel injury because let's face it foot injury is one of those things that sort of <laughs> ignites a little bit of anxiety among Georgia fans because I don't know some of those foot injuries kind of linger here a little bit and Mikhail as I said before is legitimately expected to be one of Georgia's very best players for this upcoming season this is a rising star in the making but he is kind of uh you know uh Uh, dealing with a little bit of a thing right now so you can read more about that there at dognation.com so what do you say we put a happy face on all this for this week you go into a situation tomorrow where george is going to have a spring scrimmage it'll be closed to the public but we'll almost invariably certainly hear some sort of rumor coming out of that we'll also get a chance to hear from georgia coach kirby smart tomorrow i believe there too so there'll be some at least official news coming out of georgia spring practice haven't heard from kirby in a while tomorrow i think you get a chance to do that but even though the official words from Kirby have maybe been a little slow to come by, that doesn't mean there isn't you know some stuff kind of coming out of uh, spring practice. I want to kind of catalog some of this for a moment, some of the rumors, the talk that's out there. And I think a lot of this is really, frankly, quite fun. Some of this came from yesterday's show. And if you haven't got a chance to hear the full show from yesterday, Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger, I got to tell you, Terrence Edwards was as good yesterday as he's been in a while because – Terrence actually got a chance to be at Georgia practice a couple of days ago and you know how we do Uh, if somebody's got that eyeball on practice we want to find out what they had to say and if might not surprise you to know that the thing that Terrence Edwards was watching pretty closely was the wide receiver situation and so Terrence eyewitness account from practice what you see there well Terrence said he saw some good things in the Georgia receivers including a guy like Dominic Lovett that's already gotten a lot of praise so here is an eyewitness account on the Georgia wide receivers, what has been seen thus far during spring practice? Take a listen to this. I know me, I'm a receiver, so I, I follow the receivers. Uh, Dominique Lovett is, is going to be someone that's uh, going to make a lot of plays for us. We, we, are, we are very deep at the receiver spot. Uh, we are fast. Uh, just talking to some of the guys, to some of the young guys, it's, uh, it's the, you know, if we, we got a four by one team with Arian Smith, uh, Anthony Evans, ZZ, and CJ Smith. That four-by-one team probably can't go compete against any track team in the country. They're that fast. And they they have something about them that's going to bring a different dimension. And uh, Yaziz Haynes is putting me in the mind of not saying he's going to have the same production, but his skill set is like Devontae Smith. He, he's made up like Devontae Smith, and he has that, that swagger that Devontae Smith uh, care as a receiver so i'm looking for big things from them all right so let's we're going to kind of keep up with some stuff here for a moment first of all would you guys agree and a lot of you are you know kind of like me you know some of us are like injecting like uga internet content intravenously and if you do that would you join me in saying that what terrence edwards says there uh about dominic lovett that if you're going to rank your sort of spring hype power rating like who who ranks number one on the spring hype power rating scale? Would you agree with me that you know the person who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody? All the whisper campaigns that are out there, all the rumors that are out there, all of a sudden the you know all of the hey did you hear about so and so? All of this would sort of lead you to believe that the most hyped player for Georgia thus far this spring has been Dominic Love, and I'm not 
I'm being sarcastic and kind of funny, but I'm also kind of being serious about this too, in that it sounds like Georgia has really found something in terms of love it because what Terrence says there echoes a lot of what you sort of see in the social media telephone game and everything else of people who've gotten a glimpse of spring practice or people who, you know, uncle's best friend was so-and-so's buddy, you know, everybody sort of seems to think that Dominic Lovett is having a very good spring for UGA. And I think, think that's really good news. It kind of goes back to something we talked to Jake from about the other day of, Hey, if you're a quarterback or if you're Mike Boba, if you're Georgia offense, you got a big decision to make. And Kirby Smart even talked about this a year ago of, okay, so we have typically been Kirby might say a two tight end type team here at Georgia. And when you have a guy like Darnell Washington pair with a Brock Bowers, of course you do that. But now on this team, you've got a guy like Dominic Lovett. And if you want to have that slot receiver, that three receiver set a lot, that means you have to play less of the two tight end stuff. And that's a decision these Georgia coaches are going to have to make this year. But they're not making that decision for a bad reason. Oh, you don't have Darnell Washington anymore because Jake Fromm also told us earlier this week that he thinks that Oscar Delp is going to be a very, very good player. And you're also hearing some pretty good buzz coming out of the spring for Lawson Lucky there too, a young tight end who may be vying for some playing time. So in other words, you're not making a personnel switch, more three receiver stuff because of a bad thing weak at tight end you're making that decision because when you hear guys like Terrence Edwards say that about a guy like Dominic Lovett well that becomes the kind of player you want to have on the field as much as you possibly can so I would say that Terrence right there echoing what some of you may have think you heard from your own particular sewing circle that it sounds like Dominic Lovett right now is having a very good spring now they also kind of be half sarcastic for a minute there too let's keep score for a minute on the player comparisons we're getting about some of these young Georgia wide receivers. You just heard uh, Terrence Edwards say, hey, Yazid Haynes, that guy looks like Devontae Smith. And listen, here's the thing we do. Sports fans speak in the language of comparisons. You know, every player about to be drafted has a comp. You even see a little bit more of the recruiting websites now kind of using comparable for players to kind of give you an idea who that is for whatever reason sports fans make comparisons oh this guy's the next michael jordan or this guy's the next tiger woods or whatever else we're just comparing athletes to athletes that's sort of what we do and so terrence edwards says when i look at yazid haynes i see a guy who sort of looks like could be Devonte smith and the other thing that terrence edwards says is when i look at this entire crop of young wide receivers did you notice how much terrence on our show yesterday emphasize the idea of speed that we really think that georgia whether it was an intentional or just sort of a byproduct of trying to get the best players you can get whatever the reason is we think that georgia has really upgraded its speed situation at the wide receiver spot and terrence edwards noticed that saying hey you could put those guys on a track team and you could go out there and have like a legit relay team just based on the speed they have including this guy Yazid Haynes it sort of reminds me a little bit of Devontae Smith well guess what what Terrence said he said he observed from Georgia spring practice and Terrence is obviously a credible voice in this the only thousand yard receiver in Georgia football history a lot of this was sort of echoed by uh, Arian Smith the other day now Arian's as fast as it come but he, he met with the media the other day and he was also asked I'm going to play a little bit more of this than I normally would it's sort of a rat-a-tat-tat reporter question Smith answer reporter question Smith answer and then again as Arian who's playing on this team goes into a little bit more detail on what Terrence Edwards was just talking about a fresh crop of young freshman receivers who are all kind of bringing a little bit of energy to these spring practices right now so here is Arian Smith public comments echoing what Terrence Edwards witnessed behind closed doors Arian Smith what are your early impressions of Zed Haynes Zed he's going to be good that's he's gonna, he has a lot of potential to go like he's going to be good what is it he does well uh, he's just quick. He's just a natural receiver. Like he don't have to get taught to like run routes. It's just him learning the plays. So once he learns the plays and learn the offense, he's gonna be good. How about uh, Anthony Evans? He's fast. He's gonna be good too. He has a lot. He's a lot of. Uh, how do I say? He has a lot. Like he reminds me a lot like Percy Harvin. The way he like the way he runs. It's like effortless. And then I asked about the other freshman, Tyler Wood. Mm-hmm. Tyler's gonna be good. He's from the same. He went to the same high school I went to. So I kind of I, I knew him well before he got here. So. I'm excited to see him too. That's like that's like my brother. What what is his strengths? What does he do? He reminds me of Mark. Marcus throws me a strong, strong hands. You know, early guys gotta learn offense, so they gotta take the time to learn first. So if you're scoring at home here, 
we've got one freshman receiver, Yazid Haynes, who's the next Devontae Smith, and we've got another freshman receiver in Anthony Evans, who's the next Percy Harvin. So right there, that tells you all you need to know. Georgia wide receivers, Devontae Smith, Percy Harvin, both reincarnated on this Georgia freshman wide receiver court. Now, obviously, I'm kind of joking about this. Uh, and for some of you who think I'm like excessively a carnival barker, just please know that I didn't take these comparisons to the full extent that I possibly could have. But it is kind of fun to hear that, that, hey, you're seeing a level of athleticism that kind of reminds you of Devontae Smith or you're seeing a level of athleticism that kind of reminds you of Percy Harvin even though we don't love the comparison to a former Florida Gator I do like the idea that a guy like uh, uh, Arian there knows enough about his football history to kind of reach back to I mean let's face it uh, a Florida player who played back when the Gators were good yo that's a long time ago you have to be you have to know a lot of football history to reach way back into like you know the last decade to kind of find a time back when Florida football was still really good. So uh, credit to Anthony Evans for, I should say credit to Arian Smith for knowing some of his football history there on that. But the point is, while we're having fun with the Devonte comparison or the, 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 the Percy Harvin comparison, the truth is what you do here is kind of a through line on these comments is, Hey, these are Georgia freshman wide receivers. who got some speed. We've got some shiftiness to them. They have some athleticism. The overall athletic profile of this group has gone up because of the young players who've been brought in here. And I'll take that as pretty good news. We don't get a lot of tangible information during spring practice. A lot of this is just sort of conjecture and I guess subjective opinions, but those are subjective opinions from Marion Smith or from from uh, Terrence Edwards on our show yesterday that's all pretty fun to hear now defensive side of the ball for a moment here is something that's a little bit more objective and Terrence was very clear to point out that who knows what's going on on an everyday basis but during the short-term basis when he got a chance to see some practice the other day there was one thing he sort of saw taking place with the defensive secondary and this is one of those things that matters this year because of how important this player was for Georgia down the stretch here is Terrence talking about what he saw from Javon on Bullard and how Bullard was being used in practice the other day. One of the things that I did notice uh, on the defensive side, and I kind of agree, I don't know if this is going to be uh, what we do in the fall, but we had Javon Bullard at safety and okay. Tariq Smith at, at star, and I just think that's just getting your best 11 on the field. Yeah. I don't know if that's experimental, uh, but I actually like it. I think uh, Bullard now can, if he does, play safety uh, that's his position right we need that leader that playmaker in the back end because we're losing Chris Smith so listen I think what's interesting about this conversation is is how Georgia chooses to use Javon Bullard is one of the most important questions facing this team this season not because there's a wrong answer Bullard was one of the best players in the country last year as a nickelback if he played safety I'm sure he'd be really good there as well but because he is so versatile it's about there's no wrong place to put him but what's the most right place that gives you a chance to see the most from your other defensive backs as Terrence said you know how do you get your best 11 on the field now one of those things we're also kind of hearing and you know some of the rumor mills probably incorrect but but nonetheless the chatter's out there that it sounds like Georgia has had really pretty good competition across the board defensive secondary. Like, there are a couple of rubber stamp starters. You know Malachi's a safety. You know Kamari Lasser's a cornerback. You know Javon Bullard's starting somewhere. But that gives you action at the other cornerback spot. That gives you action at a safety spot. And some of that may spill over to action in a nickelback spot or we at Georgia what they call a star you know you've got some of that going on it sounds like some young players we haven't heard as much from julian humphrey you know guys like that are actually kind of asserting themselves here and it sounds like a transfer that a lot of folks maybe weren't quite so sure what george was getting in Deion smoke buoy it sounds like based on some whispers that are out there maybe he's kind of asserting himself too so fun competition ongoing when it comes to defensive secondary too early to know how any of this is going to play out but at least the possibility, as Terrence points out, that a guy like Javon Bullard could be used in a different role some this year compared to uh, where he was uh, last year. Or this could be an example of what Georgia seemingly does a lot, which is take spring practice as a time to cross-train players just in case they're needed somewhere else. So that's always a possibility. That's what that is, too. But nonetheless, an interesting eyewitness account from Terrence on all of that. And then, then finally, there's this. And this is admittedly one of those things, trying to put a silver lining on you know what was a little bit of a negative story yesterday obviously the Mikael Williams injury Mikael's one of those guys whether he kind of stands up and plays like an edge rush spot or you know puts his hand on the ground kind of plays that sort of traditional defensive end spot Mikael Williams freshman a year ago kind of emerging on the scene elite recruit big time player going to be set back for a minute or two here because of a foot injury that's you know not not, not something to get you you know too happy if you're a Georgia fan although you're I guess 
you know, pretty optimistic that he'll be fine once the games that matter most start to be played for Georgia here. But how about we kind of finish on a high note then? Because when it comes to another young player who traveled a little bit similar path to to Mikel a year ago of big time recruit coming in with a lot of expectations and it sounds like right now he's living up to those expectations listen to how much Terrence Edwards praises a freshman defense lineman for Georgia now I almost ruined this clip because I talked over him because I won't shut up but nonetheless uh Terrence Edwards is giving you some very interesting information about a freshman defensive lineman who may already be popping for these dogs this is Terrence Edwards one more time and I'm gonna tell you this you can go back and look at this. Uh, when Jeff Fentel had me on his show evaluating that the 2019-18 class with Jermaine Burton yeah. and that whole class, yep. and I said that Jalen Carter would be the best player in this class. Yep. And I was right about that. Exactly. Jordan Hall Ooh. Jordan Hall is going to be something special. Wow. He, he's he's going to be something special. So that's Terrence Edwards saying Jordan Hall is going to be something special. If you're scoring at home, that means Georgia right now among its like freshman players, next Devontae Smith, next Percy Harvin, and the replica of Jalen Carter on this defense. So you feel really good about that. Now, of course, I'm once again sort of being sarcastic, but we do love player comparisons around here. That is really fun. And I almost stepped on the money line there from, from Terrence by, you know, jumping on whatever else but what Terrence is saying there is hey much the same way I recognize the talent of Jalen Carter going back years ago I see similar things when I look at Jordan Hall here right now and to hear one more from Terrence details about exactly what Jordan Hall brings the table and what he adds to a defensive line group for Georgia that is frankly very impressive right now Terrence Edwards one more time the whole thing the athleticism he is a big man he, he is a big man. So I, I don't think that our D-line uh, would lose, I think, one of the, the best players in Georgia history and, and, and uh, Jalen Collins. I don't think we're going to take a drop. I mean, you still got Bear Alexander there. You got uh, Jared Kidd. Like We are, for the next few years, I personally think as a whole group, with the two outside rushes that we have, with the two inside guys that we brought in, if they continue to stay and develop, that could be the best D-line overall that we have had, and we have had some good ones. But those young guys that we brought in, the two edge rushers, plus the linebackers, like the, the group is very impressive. So there you go. Great information from Terrence Edwards. By the way, if you're watching a video we saw a moment ago, uh, uh, Big Baby Jordan Hogg getting up and dunking a basketball. Some of y'all know this. I will never get tired of watching football players dunk basketball. It's just one of my favorite things to see. And Jordan Hall at that size showing the ability to be able to do that. So interesting stuff from Terrence Edwards. I thought that Jake Fromm had some interesting kind of angles uh, too on some of that stuff earlier in the week. If you want to go back and hear the Tuesday version of our show. And obviously at dognation.com writing up a lot of this stuff there too. All of it's conjecture. A lot of it's mostly just for fun of hey here's a guy that i saw in a brief moment he did this thing and that guy did that thing you know clearly we'll see with our own eyes on april 15th and we'll truly all see come fall when these games start to truly matter when you're actually playing for something that's real and tangible but for now the rumor mill is all we got and it sounds like with the exception of a couple of injuries that have maybe been not great news the rest of the stuff around georgia spring practice right now is really really fun which for the two-time reigning national champs is exactly what you'd expect my name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Kroger, and we are glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video, we start at 945, first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app. 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and we are available as a podcast. Wherever you find them, Apple, Spotify, the Google Player, WorldFamousDogNation.com, lots of ways for you to connect with the program. And uh, just really appreciate you all being here and being a part of that today. And a big thanks to our friends at Kroger who make it all possible there as well. And something else that Kroger makes possible for you is a chance to save more time, save more money. And they're trying to be creative about how they do that. And one of the ways in which they're doing that right now is with a brand new membership opportunity. It's called Kroger Boost. And what they're inviting you to do right now as a way of kind of testing and seeing what Kroger Boost is all about, you can get 30 days for free right now uh, by going to Kroger.com slash boost and learning more about this. And you'll experience what you can experience for the full year, which is saving up to $1,000 and getting twice the fuel points, free grocery delivery, so much more. So more time to enjoy the things you want, more money to spend on the things you want because Kroger's making your life easier, more convenient, that brand new membership opportunity 
Kroger.com slash boost. Sign up and enjoy 30 days for free to get the experience of what that's all like. It's the Kroger Boost membership opportunity. Kroger.com slash boost for more on that. All right, we're going to get Jeff Sintel here in a moment. UGA Recruiting Talk, center stage with him. Uh, there was a little bit of bad news to the dogs yesterday. We'll kind of use this as a lead-in to Jeff as we go around the doghouse here. Not unexpected. I think pretty much every Georgia fan had sort of you know moved on from this. But we did find out officially yesterday that 2023 tied in, I reckon probably the last player left in the 2023 class to make an announcement certainly among the last but uh, i think the last deuce robinson the tight end has committed to usc you know i, I wish deuce well obviously I, I liked his film i think he has a chance to be a very good football player if that's what he wants to devote himself to but in reading some of this uh, of the stuff that's out there on his decision to choose usc it just seems like the baseball thing is still a very big factor uh in, in deuce robinson's you know scenario here and if I was that good at both sports I'm guessing I'd be trying to figure out what would there be a way for me to play both there as well but this is one of those things where and I played some Arian Smith audio for you a moment ago I think it's probably worth going back to here the Arian Smith full press conference you go to the Dog Nation YouTube page you can see the entire thing you know one of the things that Arian talked about when he joined uh, you know the, the the media availability the other day was you know Arian came to Georgia because he wanted to run track and he sort of saw himself as a, do, a two-sport athlete there as well a football player and a track star and Arian's certainly fast enough to be able to do that but Arian acknowledged and you can see this for yourself on the Dog Nation YouTube page Arian acknowledged that hey if I'm going to be the very best football player I can be then I may have to devote myself fully to football and listen people have a right to want what they want but sometimes what you want requires you to make a certain kind of choice and if you want to play at a place like georgia who's winning more than anybody else is then maybe you might have to be a full-time football player in order to get the best of that and in deuce robinson's case that might be true there as well and i'm not trashing deuce i, I he may go on to be the next Deion sanders the next bo jackson but as i've pointed out before there's a reason why we say guys who've succeeded at two sports we're typically looking at, I'm talking about the elite top shelf athletes, you know, of all time. So we wish Deuce well as he moves on to the next phase of his athletic life. And I guess at some point in time, maybe facing some sort of decision here about what he wants to prioritize. But for now, USC has gotten itself a really good player. Uh, Georgia would have certainly probably liked to have had him. And yet it sort of seemed like the writing might be on the wall about this for the last you know couple of months here. Uh, that Deuce was likely trending away. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, it's kind of interesting, you know, one of the freshman tight ends already had Georgia loss and lucky. It seems like he's getting some pretty good buzz during spring practice. So, you know, it certainly seems like Georgia is still well stocked and well set up at the tight end position. Obviously, we wish Pierce Sperlin well as he recovers from injury, too. But it seems like uh, Georgia may be well set up, well stocked at the tight end position right now as Deuce Robinson moves on. Now, one more note here. There'd also been some thought of, well, Deuce Robinson might be a little bit of an early indicator, but the future of five-star quarterback Dylan Riola, that because of the, you know these guys having a little bit of a bond, being from the state of Arizona, they might have you know a little bit of a connection here, and one might follow the other guy to whatever school they end up going to. Well, Robinson choosing usc does that make it more likely that that dylan riola would also choose usc the school that at one point in time he was kind of heavily projected to be going to well we have some interesting information about this here over the last little bit you may be familiar with crystal balls 24 7 sports that's their kind of fancy uh marketing phrase for their online predictions and one of their national writers is a guy named steve wilfong who typically speaking you know has pretty good access to a lot of these recruits and he has been on the record as of late that he was projecting dylan riola to usc well guess what over the last 24 hours uh, i guess wilfong's got a new prediction now let me show you this on uh twitter there as well 24 7 sports sharing this on twitter yesterday that Wilfong, who's like one of the big national names, has actually moved his crystal ball prediction back to the Georgia Bulldogs for uh, Dylan Riola. So it's a crystal ball alert, they say. Uh, uh, Wiltfong, who had had Riola, I believe, going to USC, now has him going to Georgia. There's also been some chatter out there that Nebraska may be recruiting other quarterbacks now, that maybe they kind of realize that maybe Riola's not going to take the uh, family path and uh, end up there in, uh, in, in Lincoln to be with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So it could be that on a day in which Georgia finds out officially that it's not going to be getting Deuce Robinson, uh, it may find out that the path is actually clearing with another five-star quarterback, or I should say another five-star prospect, and the quarterback, Dylan Riola, who's going to take his official visit to Georgia at the beginning of June. And by the end of that month, maybe he makes it official. So Georgia was content to let Jake Merklinger go to Tennessee. That was a quarterback they had offered in-state and putting all of its focus seemingly on Dylan Riola. And 
at least right now, some of the national chatter is the focus and the attention that Georgia is putting on Riola seems to be paying dividends. We'll see how the official visit goes. We'll see what happens after that. But very interesting developments in Georgia's pursuit here of the five-star quarterback, Dylan Riola. We'll talk more about the quarterback recruiting thing later on today uh, as part of our SEC through about what Tennessee is actually getting in Jake Merklinger, the in-state prospect with the Georgia offer. But for now, on what the official, I guess, line of thought was on Deuce Robinson, what really is going on with Dylan Riola, and kind of an interesting, I guess, profile, if you will, of a guy who I think is starting to kind of grow in excitement in terms of what he'll eventually bring to Georgia there as well. We're going to cover all of that and so much more as we say hello to Jeff Sintel here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. All right, we'll say hello to Jeff Sintel, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Recruiting information to get to here. Uh, Jeff, as I said before you joined us, this was not unexpected news. I really don't know any Georgia fan who follows recruiting that thought Georgia was getting the five-star tight end Deuce Robinson yesterday, but it did become official. My assumption on this is, and I've kind of used some of the words Varian Smith this week and others, you know, my assumption on this is, hey, you know, as long as Reduce was this committed to trying to make it work in both sports, I'm just not quite so sure how good of a cultural fit that would have been for him at Georgia, even though I think the Deuce is a very, very good football player. How right do you think I am on that description that sometimes a good player is a better fit for a different program? Yeah, that's a good take, Brandon. I think the main thing is that I think there's a lot of things there. Number one, I think the correct way to always view Deuce was probably just what is it, you know, like snow tires on a Porsche when you live in Hawaii or something like that. I think that was a big luxury item for Georgia in the 2023 class, especially the way reports are coming out of how well early enrollee tied in lost and lucky is playing or performing in practice. But here's another thing, Brandon. To me, this is my own personal take here. Deuce Robinson is going to play receiver, especially for the near future in college football. Not a lot of football is attached tied in. Tremendous prospect. But for me, I know there are those that are in the crystal ball business. My crystal ball pick, if I would ever made one for Deuce, would have still been for the L.A. Dodgers, even over everyone else. And I think that's the big kind of carrot thing with this, is the SC decision probably sets up for him to – be a baseball player on the west coast where he's from in arizona a little bit better a little bit neater so this doesn't really matter but i'm curious of your opinion you know i don't i don't know that my son is going to be choosing between a five-star football offer and a major league baseball draft pick offer i'm not so sure that he is but uh, if i had to guess given my athletic genes he probably won't be um but if i was in that position i'm not really quite so sure how i'd advise my son because if you want to focus on the baseball stuff, that's you know a little bit of money over the course of the short term, maybe a half million dollars, something like that. But if you really devoted yourself to football, whether it is as a wide receiver, as you know, some sort of athletic style tight end, you're talking about eight figure style money for being a first round pick in football. What's the best advice to give to dudes of hey, focus on football because that's your biggest potential payday. You're probably better at football than you are at baseball, or take the short term money, you know, money now and sort of see how it plays out from there. What do you think the better advice is? Did we lose Jeff? All right, we'll see if we. Hey, Brandon, I'm there. All right, here you go. Here, yeah, did you hear the question, Jeff? Yeah, I did. So I guess the best way to outline this is kind of share some thoughts from a story that the world will probably never see now, and it was like you know Deuce Robinson as a Georgia Bulldog because there was some times there where Deuce Robinson was likely to be a Georgia Bulldog. So first of all, the, the young man won the DNA lottery. Really seriously, won the DNA lottery in terms of. Mom was a swimmer at Florida, and Dad was a two-sport athlete at FSU, college football and college baseball, when Florida State was a pillar or a titan in both of those sports and collegiate athletics. He then played a little bit of NFL football with the Los Angeles, with the St. Louis Rams, excuse me. So he's got a, his dad is also a very strong athletic trainer uh, in both football and baseball uh, in the Arizona area. So he's got a lot of Got a lot of boosts is the best way to say that, Brandon. And his goal for the longest time was to play pro baseball and pro football. That remains his goal today, at least publicly. And I think in his heart of hearts, that's what he wants to do. The thing that makes a lot of sense here with your advice thing 
Is it equal equals out uh, being a first round or second round trip pick in baseball with being a five star with some serious six figure NL NIL money um, in college football? The thing is, you got to think in this very complicated scenario. You got to think longevity. What's the longer sport you can play? That's that's still very much baseball. Football is a collision sport, and while Deuce has kind of set himself up where I think the dream scenario, Brandon, follow me along with me on this, is he would play in the entire balance of the minor league schedule uh, should he get picked by the Dodgers, and that would go through from April through late August. And then he would join the football team as a walk-on in um, September, late August. So think about what Georgia likes to do. You think about how that's really not a good sample size in terms of spring practices summer acclimation workouts, and then fall camp. He'd miss a lot of that. The luxury he has, though, Brandon, he is a plug-and-play player to some extent where you can be a receiver, and you don't really need to play, you know, grown man football in the trenches in the SEC or whatever they call it in the Big Big Ten or the Pac-12 or whatever. Um, so there's a little in, lot of intricacies to this thought process here, but college football, in summing up, college football is a lot closer to the no-brainer three-foot putt going to play pro baseball used to be as recently as four or five years ago. Uh, something else that's kind of been interesting here over the last little bit, kind of transitioning from two guys who are, you know, friends have a relationship with each other, which is that there is some growing chat around five-star quarterback Dylan Raiola. Jeff, this appears to be getting real, real, real fast in that online predictions now coming in for Georgia after a couple of weeks ago, most of that was kind of, I think, connected to USC. Uh, obviously, we know, we talked about this last week, that Ryle's got the official visit to Georgia coming up at the beginning of June, and who knows, maybe a few weeks after that, he's actually you know, kind of you know, making a public pronouncement here about where he wants to play his college ball. What is the recent Georgia momentum, at least the appearance of the recent Georgia momentum with Ryle? What's that about? I think it's really strong, Brandon. Uh, one of the things that We've noted for some time we haven't been blasting headlines left and right because we knew that there was a process that needed to go through behind the scenes here. But when Georgia's got a commitment for the last couple of couple of commitments now, you've heard the name you've heard the name Dylan Riola come up with, hey, that guy reached out or that guy touched base. Um, it certainly felt like things were happening behind the scenes. Georgia just had an impactful, unofficial visit where Dylan Riola, of all things, in this faith-centered family was looking for places of worship, looking for church fits. That's an uncommon thing, Brandon, with this very uh, faith-based values family uh, in terms of, you know, we some people don't even talk about seeing the weight room anymore or seeing the biology lab or the dorms anymore. And you've got a, the number one overall prospect in the country not only looking at every box to check at Georgia, but also checking out, you know, there, is there a church here nearby? What would be my spiritual circle if I was to choose this school and that certainly lends itself to the thinking that things are serious with Georgia and then you kind of add into all the chatter you see um, plugged in Georgia commitments kind of really echoing a lot of Dylan Riola talk a little suddenly a little on the slide but they're still doing it and uh, any other thing Brandon is you you even noted you spotted the uh, social media changes for both of his uh, Twitter avatar and also his huddle profile page a lot of pro-Georgia things right now. Brandon, there's only one official visit scheduled right now for Dylan Riola, and that's the University of Georgia. Oh, and that's that first star-studded weekend in June when literally they're trying to line up everybody with five stars attached to their name in the class. My early projections there, they're going to be 10 or 11 five stars that first weekend in June about the guys that want to show up and maybe try on the Georgia Air Jordan retro dunk shoe for the class of 2024 and see how well it fits that weekend with the amount of star power that they would bring in. Brandon, I think it's a very real thing, and I think one of the things we wrote about last week is we shared the thoughts of his father, Dominic Rayola. Uh, he, he brought up a really fun game we all used to play called the Six Degrees of Separation with Georgia. There's Mike Bobo, who coached Matthew Stafford. There's Matthew Stafford, his uncle Matthew. Georgia was his first offer, the first school that really believed in him. That was the first school that the Rioli family, Rayola family could really see himself at playing at uh, another former Georgia Bulldog who was another former Detroit Lions teammate Sean Chappis okay. is an assistant athletic director at Georgia Brandon there's a lot of tethers and ties to Georgia despite the fact that they're the back-to-back national champions and really uh, what has been described to me is Georgia right now is the gold standard of college football 
there's a lot of overwhelming evidence that always suggested Georgia was really going to be in it. So let me do two quick things on this, and I think everything that about that's very interesting, and uh, people should follow all that there at DogNation.com. But in addition to that, you know, the one thing that our conversations have always led me to believe, and you know, you hear some rumors about this out there there as well, that the presence of Mike Bobo as the Georgia offensive coordinator has actually enhanced Georgia's chances of winning with Dylan Riola. Is that a fair statement? I think it's fair because it, the argument that Georgia can't get a five-star quarterback to the league and to be the first-round draft pick is debunked because that's certainly on Mike Bobo's resume. There's a connection there. Bobo was also in Stafford's wedding. That, but in a similar letter, somebody, we're going to have to look back and wonder about this Stafford wedding. I don't know if you remember the the – I think there were news stories about it. There were photo galleries where they were like trucker hats that were custom air-painted like PCB or something like that. Well – who would have known that some of that would have helped lay the seeds for a Georgia 2024 five-star quarterback of all things? But there's a lot of things here. And, you know, when things have changed. The minds have changed a lot uh, with these young people, and they will continue to do so. But right now, when we're talking about which school has positioned itself very firmly, very strongly in this recruitment, and you'd have to say Georgia's right there. All right, I want to ask you kind of a complicated question, and I want to try to see if I can explain this, what I'm trying to say is, when you look at other receivers that Ryola might be connected to, like one of the names that comes up from time to time is a guy like Jeremiah Smith, who we've talked about before. And, you know, Jeff, I've kind of told you, you know, my guess is, you know, a guy like Brian Hartline's not going to lose a receiver like Smith because he never seems to do. But, Jeff, it's hard not to notice that, like, Ohio State's not exactly recruiting right now the way it's really not going undefeated in its recruiting battles. They lost Ryola, after all. You know, they lost Damon Wilson to Georgia last cycle. There was a running back, Jordan Marshall, recently, who's out of Moeller High School in Cincinnati. That's as Ohio State as it gets. Typically, he chose Michigan. Then all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a, of a little bit of vulnerability in the armored Ohio State from a recruiting standpoint. Do you think Riola could truly um, sway a guy like Jeremiah Smith and the floodgates could open that not only does a five-star quarterback end up coming to Georgia, but he actually brings some of these big-time – receiver names with him including a guy like smith who could be in the conversation with the very best player in the country regardless of position so but i'm just going to say this bluntly no filter nothing um there's a growing thing now with what george is trying to build on top of what it already has with back-to-back national champions there's a lot of players tell me they don't want to deal with georgia if they want to win big, big rings and they want to have a prolific college career uh they want to kind of position themselves. Maybe this is maybe this is the LeBron James effect here with AAU basketball or whatever. But everybody realized what Georgia's building behind the scenes in this class, and they know what Georgia already is. And they're like, "Dang, I already like Georgia a lot. Why don't I just go join those boys and try to, instead of having trying to beat them three or four years in college?" That's really happening, Brandon. And the receiver thing is, it's not just Jeremiah Smith. I mean, we had the video on Dog Nation platforms and channels when I looked him straight in the eye at a, after 7 on 7 tournament I said what's the thought of you looking at Georgia what's the perception of Georgia if they added Dylan Riola to the mix and raised his eyebrows he was like man that'd be something and he said they'd have a pretty good chance and it's not just Jeremiah Smith Brandon there's also this thing in Ohio State with Jeremiah Smith and Ohio State receivers is there's the eventuality that Brian Hartline is not going to be there for a long time at wide receiver and that was the wide receiver, developer, extraordinaire. And then you look at all these other receivers. you got to mention Ryan Wingo, Brandon. Yeah. That's a guy that knows Riola very well. They went in tandem visits, tandem unofficial visits to both Georgia and Nebraska in back-to-back weekends. Those two know each other well. Their families are good people. Their families value the, com- the companionship of one another. They, they all start to think about who's a potential roommate there. And the, it's very real where – Let's face it, the number one quarterback in the country is a lightning rod, especially when you're trying to come to a place like Georgia that doesn't have any sort of um, the offensive pedigree right now that it does on the defensive side of the ball. They're really stacking something up here, Brandon. All right, I want to shift gears here because I thought you had a good piece of DogNation.com the other day looking at Dwight Phillips, who's listed as an athlete, but I think Georgia recruiting as a running back for the class of 2024 and really an amazing kind of world-class level speedster when it comes to the you know track and field and i know you saw him in a track event uh here recently and jeff what this brings to mind for me is there's been some chatter lately because of the kendall milton injury about how similar the current georgia running backs are built they seem to be kind of in the same category of player 
Uh, that's going to change with Phillips in 2024, right? I mean, Georgia seems to be really adding a lot of speed to that running back room, maybe a little bit like they're adding speed to the wide receiver room right now. Uh, this, to me, is a very interesting prospect for the University of Georgia, and I know you got a chance to profile him this week. What did you learn about him through all of that? Yeah, Brandon, there's a lot. Uh, number one, you'll like this. When other schools keep seeing these track times, and 10.26 is what it is right now. The family, which is a family of speedsters and track experts. They say he's capable of going 10 10-1-5, this spring, Brandon, especially when it gets a little hotter, the tracks get hotter. And, Brandon, I'm going to just put it into context. The all-time Georgia high school track record, according to the records maintained on milesplit.com, is Tyreek Hill, 10.19. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, arguably the fastest man in the NFL right now. Can you imagine what the Georgia offense would look like with five-star receivers, a five-star quarterback, all the five-stars on defense as well? But then you would have a guy as fast as Tyreek Hill coming out of the backfield. Yeah. I mean, they've already got the tanks with uh, Branson Robinson and uh, Deuce Robinson. We can call him Deuce Robinson officially now, so there will be no carryover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Roderick Robinson, Robert, Roderick Robinson Jr., um, and then you add a, a guy like you know Andrew Paul. Those are three similar tank thunder body types. But when you're bringing in a type of lightning in Georgia, look what they're doing, Brandon, with some high-profile uh, priorities at running back right now. There's a guy, Christian Clark, out of Arizona. The tape looks like uh, maybe a Kenny McIntosh with a little bit more speed. Um, they're bringing in a young man this weekend as well, um, Tyler Tatum, another guy out of Texas who has incredible film, Brandon. And uh, that guy's visiting Georgia this weekend as well. So, man, there's a lot. I mean, if I'm told 2020 Brandon or 2021 Brandon that, hey, man, Georgia in 2024, 2025 could roll out with five-star receivers, five-star quarterbacks, Tyreek Hill types in the backfield, and then the same even much improved defenses that they've always had, you'd be like, no, just let's not get into into, into the rational reality here. You wouldn't believe what Georgia is currently stockpiling. Um, with what they got going on, Brandon. And we've always said this. The defensive decks have been stacked, man, for the last two cycles. As good as Georgia's ever recruited under Kirby Smart, that's how well they've done defensively in the last two cycles. Now you've got to get these offensive-handed classes where the dynamite, the explosive guys, those receivers that we're used to seeing at Alabama, we're used to seeing at Ohio State, um, those guys are now at Georgia, and those guys could potentially – be at Georgia if the Dylan Riola domino falls as well. And I think going back to one of the names we just mentioned, it was very important for Georgia to show Wingo and Riola as well as others with those early practices that they got to see what the offense will look like under the new coordinator. And it's it's very pleasing to what everybody thinks so far. Very interesting. Hey, very quickly, I want to do a couple of things uh, here, there as well. Uh, on Dwight Phillips, that's great. But finally, there's this. You know, you also had a really interesting profile of David Sanders recently, who may be the very best player in the country of the class of 2025, an offensive lineman. And it seems like that Sanders recruitment going to be more pivotal, just given the fact that I'm not quite so sure the elite offensive tackle necessarily exists in large numbers this year. In the class of 2024, there are some good offensive linemen there are every year, but it may not be quite as deep as it's been in the past. So a recruitment for a guy like Sanders, if you want to look at that following cycle, that becomes even more important, doesn't it? Yeah. Here's what's huge, Brandon. When a guy like me starts looking at it, I'll be I'll be blunt again here. I guess this is a blunt Friday for me, but Brandon, there are only maybe two or three offensive linemen in the entire class in 2024 that are as good as the type Georgia usually signs. Um, the, you know the Georgia stand, standard that you know Stacy Searles got last year with both Hughley and Monroe Freeling and you know a lot of other guys across the front. And you know it's just a down year for offensive linemen. Conversely, 2025 is overflowing. It's almost like the Noah's Ark of offensive tackles, except, you know, this time they're bringing them in by eight by eights and not two by twos in terms of premium elite offensive tackles. And I'm just going to say it, Brandon, I don't know if I've ever seen the combination of prospect with skill variety, with um, athleticism. It's almost like you're combining Trayvon Walker and Nolan Smith with a little bit of Nicobe Dean here in terms of David Sanders Jr., except the guy's an offensive tackle, and you've got to throw some Andrew Thomas uh, qualities and characteristics and traits in there as well. I mean, the things that he's doing at 6'7", 260, Brandon, uh, the list, we write about him all the time. 
everybody. I've never been as interested in shot puts, except when I can compare David Sanders' shot put throws as a sophomore to what Trayvon Walker was doing as a junior at the Georgia High School State Track Championships. Um, Sanders is a unique player. I think he's wired the right way. Uh, he's the type of guy that you would put front and center in front of a program, very charismatic, big, incredible, toothpaste ad type smile. He checks almost every box you would look for. He's a true unicorn prospect. And you want to talk about a guy that – and he's visiting Clemson this weekend, Brandon. It's not going to be easy. He's going to visit Ohio State as well. But what Georgia has done with a terrific unofficial visit is they have made themselves another great contender where I'm not going to go as far as to say David Sanders Jr. is Georgia's to lose. But Georgia's putting the very best face, very best foot forward with the number one player in the country who – I mean, people have been telling me for a while he is a top 10 first-round draft pick. Awful. Jeff, that is very good stuff. Thank you so much for your time here uh, with uh, Dog Nature Daily presented by Kroger here today. Love that recruiting information. Spring's going to be great heading into the summer, which is going to be outrageous when it comes to a lot of this uh, chatter. So we can't wait to do all of that with you uh, then. And, of course, talk to me back here next week on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger again as well. Yeah, guys, I know it all sounds like great news, but Georgia has great things, greater things than ever coming. And I hope everybody will sit back and realize that these are days right now with Georgia football on the field and on the recruiting trail that we never even dreamed or hoped that most of the Georgia fan base never even dreamed or hoped they'd ever see. They're in it with every prospect they want. They're recruiting at a level where they can show championships. They can show NFL development. They can show the guys at every position that they've developed now. The reasons not to choose Georgia, Brandon, are certainly dwindling, and that's what we're here to cover each and every day and each and every week for Dog Nation. And, hey, man, good hanging out with you again. We'll see you soon. Amen to that, Jeff. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Really very interesting and nice to kind of go into the weekend on a positive note when it comes to UGA's recruiting efforts. That's great. And, by the way, as we head towards the weekend, all that means is we're counting down even more days to the Dog Nation Cruise. The chance yesterday to hang out with a few folks. We had kind of a little bit of a meet and greet type thing uh, for some people yesterday and got a chance to talk to a few folks who are going to be on board Independence of the Seas with us. And it's always fun to hear people who are getting as excited about that as I am. April 24th through the 28th, we're going to be there going out to Port Canaveral, going to Nassau on the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay, and really just soaking it all up. You know, I, I just love getting a chance to have that spring getaway and kind of sort of set the stage for it's hopefully an enjoyable summer for all of us kind of post g day just kind of really kind of getting into that warm weather time of year and soaking that up in the caribbean is just going to be awesome and the, the events we have this year you know our, our dog nation team behind the scenes a little bit larger than it, than it used to be so we have some ways to kind of make the cruise experience even more enjoyable uh and i just can't wait to share that of course the cruise itself is much larger this year in terms of the number of people we're taking on board with us so it is going to be an extraordinary experience. And when you hear me talking about it, I'm not trying to rub it in. I, I'm not trying to ask you to live vicariously through us. What I am telling you is, hey, the same excitement we have about being on board Independence of the Seas this April, you can have that same excitement yourself when you book your own Royal Caribbean Cruise Vacation. Give Jessica Slater a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. Now, why do I say call Jessica Slater? Because she's a travel agent specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean. What Royal Caribbean's told us is, they think the experience of booking a cruise vacation is made better when you use a great travel agent because travel agents like Jessica, I mean, she's on a dadgum cruise every week. So it seems like that way anyway. So she gets that experience. She kind of knows what's what. She knows how to save you money, how to give you the best overall experience, the right kind of stateroom category. Because when it comes to choosing a cruise, and you know, I've been on a few myself, when it comes to choosing a cruise, there are so many different variables. Which port you want to sail out of, which itinerary do you want to pursue, you know, what kind of stateroom category you want to be in, what time of year do you want to go. All of those variables can be made sense of by someone like Jessica, who's just got that experience kind of doing this herself. So use her, great travel agent. She'll help you out with all of that, of course. And also she can help you get excited about the video you're seeing on the screen for those of you watching on video. Icon of the Seas, debuting January of 2024. And I'm really hoping, man, as I hear more and more about that, they release the kind of bars and lounges and kind of the concepts they're going to be uh, introducing on this ship. 
boy, I hope I get a chance to be on this early next year as a way of maybe kind of previewing it and telling you how great it is. I feel like my job of conveying how great a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation is, I feel like I would be able to do my job more easily if I was able to be on this ship and give you a firsthand eyewitness account. So hopefully that'll work out. And if it doesn't, we'll be happy nonetheless. But, you know, let's <laughs> you plant the seeds. You see how they grow. Nonetheless, let's get ready to go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And we'll start with what we talked about a little earlier, which is, hey, it certainly seems like Georgia is all in on five-star quarterback Dylan Riola, and we use circumstantial evidence to help us make the case for that because a quarterback that Georgia had offered uh, what a month or two ago uh, has now made his college decision Jake Merklinger a really good quarterback out of the Savannah area going to, from Calvary Day going to Tennessee now I think as I said before this is certainly an example that maybe Georgia can tend to let Merklinger make his decision because they're all focused in on Riola but the Tennessee part of this is also interesting for me too and this is where I try to put on my objective hat for a moment where I'm we're not an objective show we are not uh, you don't really make much effort at fair and balance necessarily but um but we can at least be objective from time to time and objectively speaking there is one thing that i think that tennessee is pursuing for itself which is probably a pretty good idea in life you need a niche you need a thing that people know you for and in the sec it's the same way everybody's going to be known for something especially if you want to be a good program you need to be known for something good and what you see here with josh heupel doing what he's done as i i think it was yesterday I think it remains to be seen, likely won't be true, that Tennessee ever builds a defense to go along with this offense that's good enough to truly compete for the college ball playoff. I'd be surprised if that happens. But Tennessee has certainly built a program profile that gives it a chance to be competitive. And one of the reasons why it does that is because it does have good quarterback play and it does have good wide receiver play. Guys thrive in this Josh Heupel offense. That's the identity of the Tennessee program. And getting a guy like Merklinger, who I think is a good quarterback prospect, a year after also getting Nico Imaleva, I think that shows you that Tennessee is going to be a factor here for top quarterbacks year after year after year. And it'll be interesting to watch how Hendon Hooker is treated in the upcoming NFL draft. It seems like he's getting some positive buzz as of late. I know that Mike Tannenbaum dude, who you know frankly is on TV because he was horrible as an NFL GM, so I'm not quite so sure how much you should even pay attention to his opinion. But nonetheless, uh, Tannenbaum I would say take him in the top five or something along those lines important to note here on hooker that this is a guy who's 25 as well much like Stetson Bennett is so you can't knock Bennett for being 25 and basically being fully developed and also you know not notice the same thing about Hendon Hooker but nonetheless if Hooker is viewed favorably by an NFL team if he's drafted relatively high then I think that sets up a scenario where whether it be Joe Milton this year or maybe Nico kind of steps in and becomes a starting quarterback or maybe eventually Jake Merklinger that Tennessee's identity is going to be good quarterback play with Josh Heupel as head coach and that's what they're going to build themselves around and it may not ever be good enough to win the whole thing but it certainly could be good enough to make Tennessee a very noticeable game on your schedule year in year out even the most hardcore Georgia fan would say hey the game we're all probably paying the most attention to right now road trip to Knoxville in November that's the only game that the math nerds will tell you that Georgia's got less than a 90 percent chance of winning so Tennessee is at least good enough to get noticed and quarterback play is the reason why Merklinger kind of maybe become the next in line on all of that by the way speaking of quarterbacks in the NFL draft I find the fascinating topic right now to be like who really should be treated as the best quarterback now we've said our piece before when it comes to Anthony Richardson or Will Levis I am not drafting a guy in the first round in the NFL who was not good in college because if you weren't that good in college in the case of Richardson he just legitimately wasn't if you weren't good in college I have no idea how I would expect you to be good in the NFL so guys like Levis who's only average guys like uh, Richardson who are below average they're not even on my radar necessarily when you look at the top end of the NFL draft but CJ Stroud Bryce Young they would be there and I think the debate between Stroud and Young right now is really pretty fascinating because kind of what it comes down to is is that the question about Bryce Young is, hey, does this size, the height, the weight, you know, d d does that size, does it hold up over the course of an NFL career? Whereas on the flip side of this, Stroud probably has a little bit more of the NFL measurable maybe, but he's not as spectacular as Bryce Young. It seems like folks would probably say that Bryce Young has a higher ceiling, but in the case of C.J. Stroud, he has a higher floor. So you're left to conclude, okay, well, if that's true, that sort of simplistic caricature, if that's true of these two quarterbacks, then what decision would you make if you're the Carolina Panthers, for instance? What, what decision would you make uh, if you're you know, one of these teams, the front end of the NFL draft, you know, with the potential of taking one or the other, what decision would you make to choose one guy or the other? And what I'm telling you is, in this particular case, 
I believe I'd go uh, Bryce Young over Stroud because when I look at C.J. Stroud, now he played unbelievable against Georgia, but I don't know that I saw that for him for the entirety of his career. I don't know that I see superstar potential in C.J. Stroud. Do I see long-term NFL starter? Maybe. Do I see superstar at the kind of the top of the sort of Patrick Mahomes level discussion in the NFL? I don't believe that I do, whereas Bryce Young at least has a chance to do that. Now, there's also a chance that you're spectacularly wrong on Young because he turns out to be just too small to hold up uh, to the hits he's going to take or too short to see the middle of the field where you've got to make completions at the NFL level. Maybe that's the case, but and I'm not an NFL expert, certainly not a salary cap guru, but because the cap is going up, it seems like there may be actually a little bit more value in a rookie quarterback than there used to be. And because of that, maybe that gives you a little bit of freedom to kind of roll the dice here a little bit and bet on the guy who could be spectacular over the guy who may at least be solid. Stroud may be the safer, more solid choice. Uh, Bryce Young, the more chance to be spectacular. And if I was drafting number one overall, that's, I believe, the guy that I would want. Now, speaking of, final story here for SEC through, uh, the guy who was Bryce Young's college coach is Nick Saban. Nick Saban talking right now during Alabama spring practice about what he wants the Crimson Tide to be here this upcoming season. What he's talking about is the honest disappointment they felt last year. I want to read you a quote, then I'll make a simple point. So uh, Saban telling reporters this week that anytime we don't get into the national championship game, there's a standard here that everybody has sort of that expectation. We want our players to focus on what they need to do to get there, not the outcome, but what we have to do to get the outcome. That's the famous Alabama process, of course. Saban goes on to say, I think everybody in the organization is trying to figure out, okay, how do we go about this in a way that's going to help us get there? The players, coaches, everybody in the organization, because we have a high standard of what we want to accomplish and what we want to do. That was Nick Saban this week during Alabama spring practice. And I'd caution Nick Saban on one thing here. He talks about, hey, our standards to play for the national championship last year, we didn't do that, which is true. Let's also be honest about something else. Alabama didn't even win the SEC West. And this is one of those things that, for whatever reason, I just don't think is getting nearly enough discussion here right now. Alabama lost twice last season. Uh, One of those losses was to LSU. And yet, if you look at a lot of the chatter, and a lot of this comes from ESPN, it's just sort of treated that Alabama as a program is still better than what LSU is right now. What tangible reason can you point to in the present tense that explains why that is? Better history to Alabama? Okay. Uh, more proven coach in Nick Saban compared to Brian Kelly? Okay. But those are in some ways are past tense conversations. In the present tense, what is the proof that Alabama is better than LSU? I'm not quite so sure that it exists. And you know, Nick Saban says our standards to play for the national championship in this final year, we believe, of division play in the SEC, I would caution Nick just make sure you try to win that division first because last year that even proved to be too difficult for you. And I'll give you one more little note here and then we'll get ready to wrap things up. Sometimes the dog that isn't barking is the thing that sort of matters most. And for those of you that try to like keep your ear to the ground on SEC rumor mill and things like that, tell me what you're not hearing this spring. For those of you who try to listen to this stuff as closely as you can, tell me what you're not hearing. Y'all, I am not hearing a word about this Alabama quarterback competition. I am not hearing a whisper, not hearing a whisper. And maybe that's nothing, right? Maybe Ty Simpson or an improved Jalen Milrow, maybe one of those guys is just waiting the wings. They're going to explode on the scene. They're going to be the next Bryce Young. Maybe there's at least a possibility that's the case. But man, for an Alabama fan base that right now could use some good news, basketball team got bounced out of the uh, tournament, embarrassing scandal kind of over that program all year long football team coming off a two-loss season if there was any hope to sell to Alabama fans don't you think the you know Alabama-centric media be peddling that as much as they possibly could just notice what you're not hearing right now not a word about Ty Simpson who's supposed to be the guy that Alabama fans want to overtake Jalen Milrow because they saw Milrow play last year they didn't think it was too spectacular just notice what you're not hearing right now I, I try to keep my ear to the ground on every rumor I can find true not true whatever else I'll take any rumor I can get y'all I'm not hearing a word about Alabama quarterback right now. And that, I think, is worth filing away of what's really going on in Tuscaloosa when it comes to a guy under center for the upcoming season. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now, speaking of Alabama and their basketball embarrassment, 
As we close out our week here, we'd like to do our big finish presented by the Finish Long Drink, where we kind of celebrate you enjoying the Finish Long Drink this time of year when the weather gets warm. To me, this is really Finish Long Drink time of seat, time of year, time of season. You're on your patio, you got you know pool, golf course, whatever else. The Finish Long Drink always so great with that goes always so great with that. But it also, according to some of in our audience, goes great with some celebrating there too. I want to show you this on the screen. We got this a little earlier this week. Tim Grubb writing in Dog Nation Daily. How about some long drinks? Going to be consumed tonight, celebrating that Alabama. Alabama basketball loss. I uh, fully endorse this message. No doubt about that. Great to celebrate Alabama losing in the uh, NCAA tournament and uh, great <laughs> to enjoy some finished long drink as you do. So if you want to be like Tim there and enjoy that, go to the longdrink.com and check all of that out. You can find out which of the long drink varieties is right for you. The cranberry, the long drink strong, eight and a half percent alcohol by volume, long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar. In the case of Alabama, zero, meaning the uh, number of basketball championships they have. Uh, long drink, uh, traditional blue can, grapefruit flavor, gin kick. You know, it's you've heard me say this before. It looks like a beer because it comes in a can but it's not it's a ready to drink cocktail so if you like mixed drinks you like you know grapefruit juice and and gin you like all that kind of stuff well that's what you get right there in the can pop the top enjoy it pour it into a glass whatever you want to do thelongdrink.com for more on that all right public service announcement here to wrap things up today one of the things that we did earlier this week was kind of made fun of ohio state via the brand new nil deal for uh, Georgia defensive back Javon Buller. And that kind of got some questions. I want to show you this as one of our golden shoe winners today. Somebody asked me about this. Uh, Tony Lombardi wrote in to say, Brandon, where can you buy Bullard's Buckeye Crunch? I'd like to get some for a friend of mine who's an Ohio State fan. Now, first of all, I totally am on board with the idea of using gifts as a way of trolling your friends. To me, there's really no better thing to do gift-giving time than that. Yeah, uh, send that to an Ohio State fan. Let them know what's what there on all of that. So, Tony as a response to you i'll give you a golden shoe for your you know friendly gesture there but also kind of remind you where you can pick this up and also a reason for mentioning this there as well uh so the company that made the bullard's buckeye crunch will show you this uh do we have the next one here yeah there we go it's called alumni cookie dough now i show you this there as well because if you go to google apparently some ohio state fans have kind of attacked alumni cookie dough in the uh, uh the what do you call them like the google review type thing uh so some georgia fans have now started going in there i think to kind of like try to counterbalance all of that so the alumni cookie dough who made the bullard's buckeye crunch i guess they're being uh spammed here in some of their online reviews from ohio state fans so uh yeah that's where you go you can get your uh javon bullard uh, buckeye cookie crunch and that's where also you can uh, go to i guess support the the company that made that in response to the ohio state fans who are whining and crying as they are kind of known to do so golden shoes all the way around for that by the way gator hater countdown 211 days from right now georgia beats florida again that's our gator hater countdown we will see all of you back here monday dog nation daily presented by kroger we'll look forward to talking to you then